0: Friday, and you're listening to TGIF, the podcast that brings you all the hilarious conversations about your favorite or not so favorite horror movies. I'm your host Kat, and this week I am joined by the wonderful Ken Sledge of Sledgehammer Horror. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. How are you going?
1: Ah, uh, thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. I've been excited about it all day. Uh, it's uh, almost six o'clock my time, so I've been I've had to wait a little bit longer today. Than <laughs> so I'm very excited, honored to be here. Thank you.
0: Excellent. I am so honored that you said yes because I'm a huge fan of your videos and TGIF actually originally started talking about our first horror movies but um I realized a lot of people all watch the same movies so I was like okay uh, yeah let's just have really fun conversations about horror movies because horror is fun horror should be fun it should be for everyone
1: yeah That's and it. it's funny yeah you know I can't believe how many people's first horror movie was a nightmare on elm street three the dream warriors oh mine was just like that's, the best one <laughs> yeah the nightmare on elm street three that's probably the one that and jaws but i it, what i like about it is even though we talk about the same movie uh we always have different stories and different perspective yeah. about the movie which i so much enjoy and there's some people we talk about their first horror movie and they hate it because i had a guy a, a couple of weeks ago and he was like you know after i watched a nightmare on elm street i couldn't sleep with sheets on my bed because of the uh, <laughs> rod in the prison yeah. you know so he was so scared of that that he wow. couldn't even sleep down his bed so it, it's fun learning all these different things about people and what makes them tick and how horror started for them it's such a blast to learn these things
0: yeah because you put it in you put your uh, you do yours in video and, and put it on YouTube, I, which I think is great because I love video format. And I think that having those conversations is a lot better as a video. Mm. I don't know. Like it's...
1: It's like the splice in scenes from the movie too.
0: Exactly. So yeah.
1: as we're talking about it, to have the scene playing over top of what we're talking about, I think captures attention too. And it makes people think about when they watched that scene for the first time and how they yeah. felt the first time they, so, I, th- I think that's a lot of fun. I, I it's one of those things where I like to go back and rewatch some old episodes of people and remember, even just for me, remembering those scenes and talking about them. It's it's a lot of fun, and I don't like watching. It's one of those things where like I wish I could cut myself out a little more and just listen to the people as they're talking. <laughs> so cool to to the people tell their stories.
0: And and horror is one of those things that everybody tries at least once. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm they're going to what you're going to watch a horror movie I think my I say mine is a nightmare on Elm Street but I'm pretty sure mine was Silence of the Lambs and because my dad is um ex-military so he's really into like anything with police investigations and criminals and like um those psychological crime thrillers and so I think I might have been eight and he was like let's watch Silence of the Lambs. And now I understand at the moment we have some problematic things going on with the TV show coming out and that Silence of the Lambs really, sh- because of um, Buffalo Bill and um, the portrayal of transgender individuals, there's some things that should just be left. So I don't yeah. really, I don't think I'd pick that as my first because I can't speak on those issues. That's sure. Not my... The
1: Silence of is- the those things that i think would have just been um the perfect standalone film you didn't have to build after that the sounds of the lambs should have just ended with the sounds of the lambs and there's yeah. certain films that i th- uh, should have done that that should have just stayed as one-offs and jaws is another one that i think um you 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 had no reason to make sequels out of these films they were perfect the way they were and um clarice i think is what it is the uh, new tv show coming out as yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I mean I'll check it out obviously and I'll give it a I chance. I just hope uh, that
0: they don't bring the Buffalo Bill storyline back because I think it's just completely inappropriate in this day and age, unless they do it um no, just don't. <laughs> don't bring yeah, that. we don't need it, it.
1: it. It's already been done, you know. Um give us something new. If you want if you're gonna yeah. make it new, give us something new. Because from what I understand and you know, I don't know all the details, but um Hannibal Lecter is not going to be any part of Clarice as far okay, as I know so
0: they won't bring in yeah okay that's I've, I've seen bits and pieces oh. and I've seen a lot of discourse from um you know transgender individuals in the tv and movie sphere and community and they're all obviously not too happy about it because you know Silence of the Lambs is problematic now it wasn't problematic back in the 80s well it was right. but nobody saw it as problematic and right. yeah I just yeah just no no Buffalo Bill for me
1: yeah I'm with you
0: yeah (laughs) hopefully uh but like I mean Clarice Starling is the reason I wanted to be a criminal profiler so (laughs) I went to university I studied sociology I have a major in criminology and policing and I was like I'm gonna be a profiler I'm gonna leave Australia give up my citizenship I'm gonna go to the BAU (laughs) (laughs) um obviously that didn't happen Jodie Foster (laughs) yeah
1: <laughs> because of
0: Foster. And you know, That's like awesome. criminal minds. But I mean, yeah. I set some really high standards for myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: A kid can dream. Um, so the movie that you've chosen today is probably one of my most favorite movies of all time. I absolutely yeah. love The Cabin in the Woods. It's so much fun. It's so insane. It's like actually funny like on purpose (laughs) yeah it's just I um, think it's it's such a
1: curveball like you hear the name and you see like you know the cabin in the woods and you see all these teens are going to a cabin in the woods and it's a horror comedy and you're like oh this is going to be so lame and unoriginal (laughs) and it's actually the opposite like it's so intelligent and um, I think that I was blown away when me and my wife went and seen this in the theater I was just like after the movie was over we, we went almost as like a ironic thing like yeah let's go watch this movie because it's going to be so bad and it was over and we were just like that was so amazing like yeah. I'm so blown away by how actually great that movie was and I think I talked about it for like months after like oh you guys I still talk check- about it yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah Whenever well you know what's your favorite horror movie it's for me it's always house from 1986 and the cabin in the woods are the two that I will talk about the most because I think they're both just brilliant brilliant films
0: yeah uh, they're just I actually had a friend dress as um not the merman but the sea witch for Halloween from- Yeah, cabin in the woods, and it was just. I'll have to send you a picture because it's the most amazing Halloween. She she does Halloween. Her and her fiance do Halloween every year, and they're the best dressed people I've ever, like. They go all out, and I'm just like, you guys blow my mind (laughs) every year. So awesome. Yeah, like um, he went as the Babadook one year. He did what? The Babadook. Oh really? It was yeah. It's for. I'll have to send you photos because they're just so good. Please.
1: And uh with Cabin in the Woods, another thing that's so awesome, like this movie has the best title card of all time, <laughs> like that into the title card. And um Sitterson and Hadley, the two older dudes that oh, are down in out. Uh, they're perfect. Those guys are so funny. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when they have the Harbinger Mordecai. <laughs> <laughs> He's got phone. And that's, so, it's so, it. yes, it's so funny. And just the way he's like, we must cleanse them. Am I on speakerphone? Like, no. <laughs> no? <What? laughs> like, oh, whoops, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm still on speakerphone, aren't I? You know, like, it's just so, it's so, it's genuinely funny. It's not a forced. Yeah. And those two, uh, Sidderson and Hadley are so great together. Yeah. Even with, um you know, like, the little faces that they make at each other, like, at one point, um, Hadley is talking about the merman, and he's, yeah, tough luck, and the camera pans away, and he's still just sitting there, like, with this heartbroken look on his face as he's staring at him, like, I, I love those two, those two definitely are, yeah, but the the team cast in this movie, like, something that has always been hard for me is there's always that one at least one and um I always go back to Bride of Chucky because I think Bride of Chucky is such a great movie but it could have been better if the teens in the movie were better not the actors but the actual characters they were playing yeah better people they were just like shit people and it really hurt the movie but all the teens in this movie are they're so good um yeah. Holden Dan- Hurt jules marty you love them all you root yeah. for all of them one that you're like oh i want that one to die first you you, you genuinely root for them
0: yeah you know? they're brilliant and they
1: all give you really good reason to root for them like even when you first start watching like oh holden's this weird jockey kid but then D- he sees the the one-way mirror and dana's on the other side and she's starting to take her clothes off and he knocks on it you know to let her yeah know. like
0: do do that
1: <laughs> yeah he could have creeped on her and watched her get changed you yeah. know but he. T- he shows there that he's a really good guy and I think that th- this movie did a really good job of building things like that like even at the beginning when they're in the apartment and uh Kurt and uh Jules are talking to Dan and I Jules has this. yeah when she has the textbook in her hand
0: who taught you like, this
1: <laughs> okay, I learned it from watching you and she runs out <laughs> you know like it's it's such again a genuinely funny moment or when he walks in like he has the football, and yeah. he's like, "Think fast, Rose." In it, it goes out the window, and he's like, "Oh, you got to think faster than that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just—it's one of those movies that um is super super fun to sit and digest, yeah. and it's I one of those movies I don't think you could watch once and be completely satisfied.
0: No, I watch it at uh, least once a month.
1: Yeah, you I have to watch.
0: Genuinely digest. love it.
1: Yeah, it's so fun, and yeah, Marty how much marty reminds me of me in high school like he's just this (laughs) super sarcastic smart ass stoner like when he's talking to mordecai and he's like i hear they're gonna be bringing in the railroad that's (laughs) a lot of fun streets paved with actual streets you fucker like he just I love him to
0: death. And There's his, the things like, I think okay. to people, but I don't have the guts to say because I am not... <laughs> oh, well, now I would, but as a teenager, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, i that's what I would have said to them.
1: <laughs> right, yeah.
0: So, and, you
1: know, all all, all across this movie, another thing that um, I really enjoy, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, your, your job. I don't know if you talk about that on air. Oh, sometimes,
0: yeah.
1: Okay, well... Um, one thing that really turned me on about this movie is when this movie was coming out, it was supposed to be a crossover event yeah. with the video for dead. And if you look in the cubes, when they're descending, the, like they're descending down into the bunker, you can see the boomer and the witch from left for dead as yeah. parts of the cube. And I thought that was really awesome. And this movie could, you know, rationally explain every horror movie ever, yeah. you know? And it also it doesn't it's funny but not like you were saying it's not a slapstick funny
0: no like, there are moments where
1: you're laughing i hate it's intelligent to- funny yeah but Citizen and hadley every time they're on screen i laugh there's the part where he's all depressed because he had uh, the conch in his hand you know yeah. and he's like don't worry there's always next time and hadley's just like he had the conch in his hand and he was right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's so upset and depressed about them he's like it was right there he had it in his hand like, I know it's no. all right
0: buddy it's all right um, <laughs> yes, it's so, let's so go to good. the start of the film and we'll make our way through um because one thing that I found really interesting about this is that Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard wrote the script for this in three days yeah and you just think how can you write such a smart a it's got like some meta aspect to it because you know we've got the tropes the five characters represent you know um the jock the slut the virgin the smart dude and the stoner and so that plays a really important part in this movie later on um when we discover why things are happening and um why the the facility (laughs) is doing what it's doing um and it's just so it just blows my mind and I'm like how I wish I could do that
1: and it starts off so ambiguous. Like you find out at the very beginning, like it's down to us in Japan. That's all we know. Yeah. It's- that's it. And, you know, we get the, the jump scare of the title card, which again, I think is so brilliant to use that jump scare. Are you yeah. even listening to boom title card? Yeah. You know, um, And then we go right to the teens and we find out that, you know, um, uh, Jules dyed her hair blonde and. Um, you know, they're getting ready to go and meet Holden for the first time. And we talked about, you know, the throwing the football and having the book. But another funny scene is when he's talking to Jules and he's like, And you have no pants on.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know, you get to see Marty with his telescoping bong. You know, he drives up, he's like, Cops won't pull over a guy if he's smoking a bong. A <laughs> like,
0: massive bong, and he's like, you know why? Because they're scared of that guy. <laughs>
1: You know, and it, it, I think it's at this point where we really start to realize the crossover is happening because once they finally get in the RV and they drive off, you have the guy up on the like the FBI, CI, or the guy from the bunker up there. Or
0: whoever who they are. We don't really know who they are.
1: Right. And he's just watching them and he's like, yeah, they're leaving now. And uh, we meet Truman at this point, the new security guy down in the bunker. You know, Which I he's thought was really like,
0: funny because yeah. obviously it's a reference to the Truman show and we do you know. see that kind of the facility is watching them like it's the Truman show and it's just really cool mm-hmm.
1: and then, you know he's what I love about Truman is he's that guy in this movie you know he's a former member of the armed forces and he takes this where they're all trying to uh find humor in this you know they're placing bets and they're you know that's fun he's just locked loaded serious and ready you know like when you how can you guys bet on this you know he's still so He's not desensitized to it like everybody else is. I love how they put him in there like that. Um, and then right here is where we actually meet Mordecai, <laughs> who is such a douchebag at the gas station. And it One thing, too, uh, Chris Hemsworth, they filmed this before Thor.
0: Yeah, about out. one year before, I think.
1: Yeah, but yeah. this didn't come till after Thor. So, like, it's so funny seeing him as Thor... And then seeing him in this As Kurt. Yeah. It's like, what? But, you know, and it's just, it's brilliant. Like, the way that Mordecai is, you know, trying to tell him, you know, you don't want to go through there. The people, you can get there, but you won't get back. Yeah. You know, and... Very uh, foreboding.
0: (laughs) And they're just like, whatever. See ya.
1: (laughs) To show again how super intelligent this film is, once they leave the gas station and they start driving again this is where you get that scene where the bird (laughs) hits the horse field yeah and you know it's such like a crazy scene but at the same time you forget about it you're like whoa what was that
0: yeah you kind of just brush it off like oh it's all right
1: yeah like well that's probably going to come back later but you totally forget
0: you know yeah because
1: the movie takes you into so many different areas after that and uh, this is where, you know, they get to the house and they have the room switch like we were talking about because yeah. has the painting and Holden takes the painting down and he sees Jules on the other side start to undress. He knocks on the thing. They switch rooms and it's so funny because like, he's like, I couldn't just stand there and watch and they switch rooms. And, and then she's he- like,
0: <laughs> hello. The
1: absolute <laughs> second that they switch rooms, he starts taking his shirt off. Yeah. But- you know she's why like you're brilliant. Kudos to you, my friend. Like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. You know, like
0: but I so love I that thought... she hangs the painting back up and she's like, oh no, this isn't gonna work. Yeah. And it's like this like lamb slaughter scene, and I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, that's an early. Yeah.
1: Um, and then this is the point where we find out that there's hidden cameras all over the house. Yeah, because and... they're all
0: the facilities watching. And this is when Mordecai, like we were talking about, calls into the facility. Yeah. And this scene is this scene and the merman scene at the end is are my two favorite scenes just because this yeah. is oh. this conversation is my sense of humor like yep. this is what really makes me crack up
1: and just how they're like when he's like am i on speakerphone and he's like no of course not and then they're all laughing and he's like i, I can hear do the that, that. <laughs> like, oh right, let me take you off <laughs> right you're good
0: <laughs> they start laughing. But he's yeah. like uh that's so rude I, I don't know who's in the room <laughs> <laughs> but I will say
1: this um for as great this movie is this is where the fatal flaw of this movie comes into me at this point you find out that they're monitoring all these people yeah. for their and they have heart rate monitors on all of them you know but they think at you know halfway through the movie you think that Marty's dead but they've obviously got a heart rate monitor on him. So they've kind of so, missed
0: that part.
1: Yeah, that like that continuity part to me has always been the only fatal flaw from this movie that stops it from being like mm. a true perfect movie. Cause they're all celebrating that Marty's dead. But you know, if they would have just, you know, they have heart rate monitors on know. all. Of them. <laughs> yeah, have the ability to track whether he is alive or dead. And so I think that's like I said, the only flaw to me in this movie is the fact that they had the ability to know that he wasn't dead but they just totally ran with the fact cuz obviously yeah. we don't you know he he gets killed off screen and they pull the switch and the blood comes down and yeah. so you obviously think that he's dead but th- they shouldn't have done that because they have all those monitors on and they w- would have been able to tell if he was truly yeah, dead. Yeah, it's a or bit not. of a plot so,
0: hole cuz it's like also where did his blood come from?
1: Right. You know, so that's that to me is the one, like I said, the big fatal flaw in this movie is that you know you watch the heart rate monitors in the background and then they fake a death later. That's the one thing to me that really bums me out on the
0: movie. But they should have thought more about that.
1: Yeah, the rest of this movie is so amazing that I can overlook that one flaw. You know,
0: (laughs) that and that's exactly right. It's just Mm -hmm. um, I can forgive them for that.
1: Yeah. Um, um
0: so we go back to the cabin and they're yeah. playing um they're having a few drinks playing truth and dare jules makes out with a wolf's head that's on the wall um which is a little bit well, just bit gross
1: the funny <laughs> part about that is when marty's like he's all high and he's like i dare you <laughs> to make out with and kurt's like jules 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 and he's like <laughs> he's like that moose and have all you ever like,
0: seen a moose marty <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's like that weird creature and they're all like it's a wolf it's obviously, a wolf. <laughs> you know, like, but he's you know.
0: so high that like, he's just like whatever. Well, they filmed
1: it in Canada, and you can't defile an animal there. So that whole thing was fake, and like the tongue was made oh, okay. out of sugar and all yeah. this stuff on it, good tasting. Um, if you get the chance to check out the Blu-ray, they talk about that's one scene that they really dissected okay, in the Blu-ray, and they talk about like there was laws that there, and they were worried about getting in trouble, so they had to create this whole thing for it and yeah it was really cool to watch this and learn that because I felt the same way as you I was like uh
0: yeah
1: even like to not wash my hands after I go to the bathroom let alone make out with
0: (laughs) something that I don't know who else has touched (laughs) right but the thing is like in Australia that kind of stuff just is not common like we don't have hunting cabins with like animal I mean like (laughs) we're not allowed to import those kinds of animals here because there's lots of like biosecurity laws and whatnot so it's well we are allowed sorry but it's expensive Mm -hmm. because you've got to pay to have it like quarantined and all this stuff so it's very rare to find someone who has taxidermied like massive taxidermied things in their home so like for me that's like extra gross because i'm just like that's not right. even common in people's houses here like to see yeah. something dead i mean i have taxidermied things but um it's like tiny little things it's not like a massive wolf's head like that's sure. just not a thing here <laughs> so for yeah, me we, i was like oh yeah and
1: I, <laughs> I know i'm american and all but i'm not much of a hunter yeah. gatherer i more of like a Hunting Walmart for meat and (laughs) gas. Yeah, (laughs) uh,
0: that's me. (laughs) How
1: um, there was one point here, right before they go to the truth or dare, where you see the people in the bunker placing bets, and you're like, "What are they placing bets on?" You have a a board that is so full of all these different monsters. You freeze frame this and look at the different monsters. It's
0: sixty monsters on there. I
1: think there's. It's so cool to look at all the different abilities. Um, and then this is where the, the cellar door blows open. And this is another funny part to me. Um, Marty is now becoming the voice of reason, the stoner yeah. and the cellar door blows open. And they're like, maybe it was the wind. And Marty was like, that makes what kind of
0: sense. <laughs> and he's like, I dare you not to go down there. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> they're, they're, they're all looking through the stuff and he's like, can we go upstairs? I dare you to go upstairs. <laughs> yeah
0: because um dana picks up a book and starts to read it and we find out that it belonged to a young girl who was you know beaten by her dad which is incredibly sad and yes the buckner family and and mordecai does refer to them when they're at the gas station too yeah and nice force yeah the latin that dana dana reads from the diary says super superviro caro dollar sublimus caro Ignor- animus, which means pain outlives the flesh pain raises the flesh pain ignites the spirit which i thought was really interesting excuse mm-hmm. me for my poor latin my dad studied latin at school and then um they got rid of it after like the 1980s
1: <laughs> yeah. and it's one it, it, it's funny before she reads the latin he's like i'm gonna draw a line in the fucking sand here do not read the latin yeah. and then he, well, he says they're like read the latin and he's like yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> like and he's the only one that can hear this stuff because they're pumping drugs into the house and they're yeah. making them dumb and hornier and they're becoming at this point their um cliche their you intended know, like, trope yeah yeah like Jules is becoming the dumb slut and um Kurt is becoming the jock which he's not you know he's a super intelligent um and he's they talk a philosophy
0: about student, it I think
1: yeah, and they're becoming these cliches, and they're being forced into becoming these cliches by the drugs that are getting pumped into the cabin. Yeah. And um, I, I, it's funny at this point because they go back upstairs, and this is where Kurt and Jules go out in the woods to fool around. Yeah, and um, it's so funny all the guys in the bunker when Jules is like, "No, I'm not gonna take my shirt off," and they're all like, "Oh." Like, all the- <laughs> watching and uh it, it's just so funny because now then they all walk away and we're back to Sidderson and Hadley and they're like release more pheromones. <laughs> they start the pheromones in till she finally takes her shirt off and uh then we get uh Jules getting uh beheaded by the buckners off screen here she yeah
0: cuz she gets at- they uh, get attacked by the zombies.
1: Yes, the because, bar- Oh which- sorry,
0: we didn't mention.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, the Latin the, raises
0: the zombies, who are the Buckner family. Yes, they, the the they redneck
1: zombies, redneck zombies, redneck zombies. Yeah. That's funny because the one girl in the bunker's like, "Hey, I won." They're like, "No, you pick zombies, not redneck zombies." <laughs> yes. That's like the difference between an elephant and an elephant seal. Yes. Better luck next year.
0: I yes. love that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Yes." Um, yes. <laughs> Her runs back to the cabin.
1: And the big Buckner shows up. I don't know all the, I know Anna Buckner. That's the only one. And then there was Patience Buckner as well. But the big Buckner throws Jewel's head in there at Dana. <laughs> and they use more drugs to dumb them down. And this is another scene <laughs> that they go so funny because they're all together. And then they start putting the drugs in. And he's like, maybe Let's we should split up for more ground. <laughs> yeah. And Marty's are you fucking serious right now? Like, Let's this is not
0: do that. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome and they go into um, their rooms and they're like locked into their rooms and marty's like well fuck this i'm gonna go investigate what's going on and that's when um the big zombie like rips him out of the room and we assume that he's killed off screen so, so we're like, "Oh great, that marty's gone
1: yeah before that he um breaks the lamp oh and that's right yeah he's looking at the camera and this is where marty's really like there's something going on here for real yeah. like this is something that um is being set up against us there's a camera right here and then you're right that's where he gets drug off and killed off screen
0: and then the blood gets poured down into the thing and we're just like whoa what's this for
1: yeah and this is where jules down in the cellar and jules kills one of the buckners which is a fun scene when the pole goes Uh, through
0: his face yeah no dana kills them
1: dana that's right i'm sorry
0: and the, cause they're all running away now and there's a zombie and yeah. trying to get into Dana's room and there's like um yep. uh, like a struggle and then they're like let's go let's go into the basement. Yeah. Well and it
1: actually works out though, because they end up yeah. getting to the E and as they drive away, this is where we cut back to the bunker and find out that Japan has failed. Yeah. And, um, it was almost like a grudge ring type thing over there where here Did it was, you see uh, the uh,
0: surveillance cameras from Japan and I was like oh that's cool
1: <laughs> yeah and you got the little girls singing and it turns it into a frog so we know that Japan has failed and uh, now it's just up to the US and the tunnel has not caved in yet so they're starting to freak <laughs> so out they were like
0: the oh shit me. we didn't set off the demolition for this yeah.
1: oh right <laughs> Um, and this like they're also
0: out- bumbling as well they're just like oh <laughs> like so yeah. um like it's because they kind of try to set it up as like this hilarious bureaucracy because they're always talking about the director and the director will be yep. this and do that and blah, blah 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 and i'm just like you guys are fucked up
1: yeah this, you were talking about your favorite scenes i think this right here might be one of my favorite scenes when they get there and the um, tunnel has collapsed. Yeah. And besides, he he's going to jump <laughs> the motorbike. and Is it bad
0: that I lost my mind laughing at this scene? Because I was oh, like, oh, I-
1: fuck. It, it's because it's such a shock. But yeah. it's, it was, like, we set it up earlier with the bird, you know, and then he does the motorcycle and he jumps and he's going to make and he hits that force field and just rolls almost down it hitting it the whole way and it's just like oh <laughs> yeah when he gets to the bottom it's just like oh my gosh and right, like from here to the end I think this is the best third act of all you know all time. Yeah you know, they get back in their driving and he's like uh why can't I think of his name right now off the top of my head. Holden. Holden. He's uh you know we're just gonna drive we're gonna drive and we're not gonna stop
0: yeah. until
1: the sun comes and Dana's like, no, we're going to end up just like him. And then boom, Holden's killed. You know, yeah. The buck abs him from behind, which you did not see coming at all, which was super cool. And then the RV flips into a lake. Mm. And at this point, you know, they're celebrating. They're listening yeah, they're like, to Ari- hell yes. Yeah, they're listening to Speed Speedwagon down in the bunker. Popping you know, champagne.
0: Dana-
1: yeah. And you know, this is the point where Troop, Trum- why are we celebrating? She's alive. Yeah. And doesn't matter. You know, the virgin can live as long as she's suffered. And yeah. she's not the, she's the last one left. That's all that matters. That's all she has to be is the last one. Mm. And we see her um, being attacked on the deck until a red phone starts ringing down in the bunker. Yeah. And yeah, shut it off, shut everything off. And then he answers the phone and he's like, who, who lived? You know, i don't think he says live but he's like wait what who and this is where we find out the fool lived because he uses his telescoping bong to save dana yeah and this is where <laughs> Do you
0: know that thing cost five thousand dollars to make like what? they literally made this thing yeah so i've got a note here and it says um so it's a thermal coffee cup uh, like mug bong and it was fully functional And the prototype of it cost five grand to make.
1: That's insane. I was
0: like, "That I love that they actually made this thing." (laughs) I wonder if they tested it.
1: Oh, I'm sure they did.
0: Oh, fuck yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: and it's it's this. Like I said, this to me is where this movie really takes off because Marty love it. Grave that the Buckners came out of, and they go in, and this is where they get in the elevator, and they start talking. somebody sent those fucking things up here to kill us and they get down there and they get in the elevator and we see all these different monsters and all the possible and again if you watch the Blu-ray it'll tell you and they said they'll never do this again but for the last scene where all the monsters start coming out all they had in the script written was chaos ensues (laughs) everything from there
0: because they had a Cinnabon the Sugar Plum Fairy
1: yeah um the, the, it's for the teeth like
0: oh, oh there's a killer bride there's zombies there's um did i say centibite yeah um yep. what else did they have there were so many um the merman you,
1: <laughs> you, you see um the ghost um yeah you see what what looks like leather face in one of them uh the left or dead uh yeah. the boomer and the witch. there's like the Talks giant python
0: the giant- um
1: the spiders,
0: zombies—yeah, there's um, so much. It's so, and I love this scene because the they unicorn. kind of do a big, Yes, the unicorn's my favorite because they do a zoom out, like a pan shot, and you just see all of these cubes with all of these yes. monsters. And I was like, "That's so cool! That looks so freaking good!" Yeah. I love that scene. It is amazing.
1: That's yeah, so and at, at this point, too, they also talk about how uh, Marty's weed is so strong that has been immune, immunized. <laughs> him from all the drugs they've been putting in there that's how good a bud he had which i, I think love is- that <laughs> yeah um and you right here you do see a bunch of guards get killed because yeah. dana uh pushes the button and the it lets all button. these oh yeah, yeah. and like, they're telling them <laughs> yeah and then through the speaker like do not kill the girl kill hmm. the guy do not touch the girl you know yeah. or else we will fail and at this point we still don't even know what that means like what do you what what is what going on we don't know repercussions of everything yet um and then uh like i said hadley killed by the merman he's laying there (laughs) and he's over and the merman is just crawling towards him he's like oh come on
0: (laughs) he can't move because he's like injured or his legs broken or something's happened and he can't move the explosion Uh, happened yeah and (laughs) this scene is just so beautifully ironic i love
1: it it's It's so good even he realizes the irony. He looks up and he's just like, oh, come on. Like,
0: are you serious? I, <laughs> I think love that's the real- actor that plays oh. Hadley because he was in uh, Billy Madison. And I loved him in Billy Madison. And most people hated him. And I was like, nah, he cracked me up in Billy Madison.
1: Eric? Yeah. <laughs> he, he was also um, the dad in Get Out.
0: No way. Oh, no that's, yeah. no, that's the guy
1: that plays the other one. No, the guy, the Billy Madison guy. He's, he's the dad. In, oh, yeah.
0: they're both in it then, in Billy
1: Madison.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah,
1: yeah he's, uh, he's, I would have voted for Obama a third term Don't if I had forget. the chance. <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome. Um, I love it. Yeah, is two. And then Siderson, the other one, is actually killed by Dana. Dana kills yeah. him. Um, And this is where they go down the stairs and we meet the director, which is brilliantly cast by Sigourney Sigourney Weaver.
0: Weaver. Now, I just Um, want to make a massive comment about how much I love Sigourney Weaver as the villain. Not only in this film, but she was also the villain, uh, well, not really the villain, but we thought she was in Paul with um, Simon Pegg and Nicholas, yeah, Nick Frost. Um, So we kind of assume in that film that she's a villain, but spoiler alert she's not but she plays an, right. an amazing villain quotes um, in that and then she's also an amazing villain in this and she's just yeah. beautiful like Yeah, so mm.
1: Yeah, when you're a badass final girl you can pull off anything Yeah, and, that, absolutely. That's, and this is where we find out what's going on you got the whore yeah. the scholar the athlete the fool the virgin and it's funny when she's like and we got the virgin and Dana's like I'm not a virgin and she's like we, we work with what we got okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's like wait a second what
1: <laughs> and then this is where we really find out that you know shit's going down you know yeah, and
0: that if they don't complete marty, this ritual
1: yeah if marty doesn't die the world ends yeah. you know and then the gun on marty and he's like are you fucking kidding me but then she gets attacked by a werewolf um oh, marty yeah. Ends up shooting, yeah marty ends up shooting that werewolf until it goes away and then Patience Buckner shows up and kills Sigourney Weaver. and That's just an all-out Mar- brawl. Yeah, Marty lives, and the movie ends with the world fucking ending. <laughs> like, that movie ends. So what you, know, what you could really, and I've, I've thought about this a lot, and one argument you can really make, Marty and Dana are the real fucking villains in this movie. Yeah. Because they, They had the chance to save the world and they're sitting there smoking a joint and they're like, like, well, fuck it. And they look like humans have run their course. Time to let someone else have a chance. You know, like, (laughs) like, no. (laughs) Yeah, you could really make the argument that they are the worst villains in cinema history because they're responsible for the deaths of what, 2.8 billion people? Um, So,
0: sorry, I have the body count here, right? So yeah. the body count in the film is like at 69, right? But technically the body count is 6,873,741,054 people. Because yeah. um, that was the world's population when the film was made.
1: And you gotta figure Freddie, Michael, Jason, they can't touch that number.
0: No, they didn't so, cause the end of the end of the world. Yeah. So Marty
1: and Dana are the most prolific you know horror villain of all time
0: ever (laughs) i can't believe that they wouldn't be like all right let's sacrifice ourselves so that everybody gets to live
1: i mean maybe it's because i had you know i got three kids so to me that's obvious yeah you know shoot me you know we got to save the world but marty's like fuck that
0: And And you think because he's meant to be the insightful person. Like, he is this insightful, really caring, compassionate person. And at the end of the film, he's, like, such a nihilist and um, he's so um, misanthropic by the end. And it's just like, well, you didn't show any of that throughout the entire film. Like, how are you just... What do you
1: mean? (laughs) And it's like, you're going to die either way, dude. Why not save (laughs) billions of people in the process like <laughs> and I do love that final shot of the hand
0: coming. yeah up. that's cool and
1: yeah that's it's such a dope scene and this for anybody listening that has not seen this movie us talking about it like we did cover the basics but there's a lot that we didn't talk about yeah. you should definitely check this movie out and if you get the chance to check out the blu-ray with the special features and watch especially that last like I said the chaos ensue scene and <laughs> watch the special features on how they mixed practical with special effects and there's a scene where they're looking at the monitors and you see all the different things that are going on on the monitors inside the bunker those were not pre-recorded those were all happening as they were going and it's it's a cool scene when they talk about it they talk about how not only are you focused on the actors in the room doing their job but you're focused on the actors on the screens they didn't pre-record these and play them back they were actually happening in real time as they were going due to budget. So it's Like they were happening be,
0: simultaneously.
1: Yes, so, and it had to be perfect. And wow. it was. You know, there's, like I said, in this movie, I see one, this, this is up there with A Nightmare on Elm Street to me as one of the best horror movies ever made. Um, but again, A Nightmare on Elm Street has a huge glaring problem. And it's the last five minutes. You know, I absolutely hate the blow-up dial getting pulled back that drives me insane that dumb fucking freddy car like i am so anti freddy car all my friends (laughs) are freddy mobile's awesome i'm like no it's not i'll have a mega uh you know bumper sticker that's how much i dislike that car I I hate the Freddy mobile. I hate that Freddy car.
0: Yeah, whenever Um, I watch it, it's like I could literally just turn it off before that scene and mm -hmm. completely disregard that that last five minutes even exists.
1: If they ended that movie with the bed on fire, it would have been the perfect movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this. um, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake gets a lot of shit as it should. It's not the worst in the franchise. Um, I've seen the dream child and i've seen Freddy's dead so i know the remake is not the worst one in that franchise but i will say and i get shit for this a lot the nightmare on elm street remake has the best ending out of any nightmare okay. on elm street
0: i haven't seen it for a really long time so what well, happens uh, at you know, the Freddy end Freddy
1: comes through the mirror
0: and, oh, grabbing that's right.
1: the and pulling yeah. her back in but you know a nightmare on elm street is notorious for having the worst endings <laughs> ever you know, like, look at, even yeah. even the Dream the Dream Warriors, which is such a great movie, it ends with them digging up Freddy's bones and throwing holy water on his bones. You know, then he starts breaking apart in real time. Like, it's just such a terrible ending to such a great movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, the, the, the Nightmare movies were always amazing with the worst endings. Yeah, and
0: I'm pretty sure even Wes Craven's A New Nightmare had a pretty crappy ending as well. Yeah,
1: the, the problem... Again, Wes Craven's New Nightmare to me is super important because yes. I strongly believe that if we did not have Wes Craven's New Nightmare, we would have never got Scream.
0: Yeah, that was absolutely got
1: into meta. And whether you love or hate Scream, I love Scream. You cannot deny <laughs> the impact. Oh, I'm I'm right there with you. Like,
0: you know, <laughs> yeah. um, Ghostface I, figurine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a huge Scream yeah. fan, and whether you love or hate it. You can't deny the impact that Scream had on the horror genre. Look at the movies that came out the three years before Scream in the horror world and the movies that came out the three years after. Yeah. Like you had Texas Chainsaw 4, The Next Generation, um, Species, uh, like all these movies that were just not very good come out the couple years Species before. Species was and horrible. Scream, oh, terrible. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so was Texas Chainsaw. You know, the uh, the Next Generation, the Matthew McConaughey one was so bad.
0: That i don't mind so it but i know it's bad
1: i can't stand it um i, I, whole, like, <laughs> I love matthew
0: mcconaughey so maybe that's why i'm like impartial it he's the to only
1: it. safe race in that movie even yeah. renee zellweger in that movie is atrocious but like that whole like it's a texas chainsaw movie but it's got like the illuminati in it and yeah you know like i don't know like things me, that it's just, are it's-
0: unnecessary
1: yeah, and then Matthew McConaughey gets killed by a random plane that flies <laughs> down and hit, flies away. Like, there's just so much I'm about movie. it. So, so stupid. Because, see, I um, see that as
0: funny. Like, I see that as they've put in a little bit of, like, comedic relief. And, like, right. maybe that's just my morbid sense of humor, where I'm like, I can't believe he got <laughs> killed by a random, like, airplane. What the fuck? See,
1: I, I just think that, but to me, honestly... I think, and I, again, something I get a lot of shit for. I think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is one of the worst in I'm all not of horror. The
0: biggest fan, yeah. I
1: love Part One and Part Two. I think those yeah. are absolutely like knockout films. But after that, that franchise is so bad. Like, it, yeah. So I'm also one of the people that wasn't a big fan of the remake. I think. How that do you the feel about the was, new one? The one that just came out, or the one that's about to come the out?
0: The one that's about to come out.
1: I'm very excited. Because <laughs> of the, um, what it's a direct sequel to the first one, yeah, and it takes place 40 years later with you know Leatherface being 40 years older. So I, I think this has a lot of potential, you know, like the last one that came out, Leatherface. I think oh, that I the biggest that mistake that see the biggest mistake in that movie to me is there's a kid in that movie that's it's a prequel, and there's a kid that's it's like this big monster ish type kid. And you're thinking the whole time that he's Leatherface and they throw a curveball at you and they make the smart, charming kid end up being Leatherface. You know, he gets shot and he's like, you know, but to me, Leatherface was never a smart, uh, charming, handsome guy. He was always just Bubba, you know, he was always this messed up dude. So I didn't like the curveball they threw you there. I didn't think it worked for me, but that Leatherface is right in the middle of the franchise actually it's not the worst it's not the best it's directly in the middle for me yeah but um I mean back to Cabin in the Woods I'm sorry
0: when I found that little no. tangent no that's um, what the podcast is for <laughs>
1: I, I, that um when it comes to underrated horror films I think you have to put Cabin in the Woods on there Yeah,
0: absolutely um,
1: there's so many people that I've talked to That never watched it because of the title. They thought it was like a a Evil Dead spoof. Yeah. And it's like, it's so not that. And it's so original and intelligent. And like you said, it's meta. This could absolutely absolutely explain why every horror movie happened and why the kids in the movies act the way they do. You know, it's just it's brilliant and i am in love with it and i think that yeah. it's i will sing its praises until the end of time for sure Oh yeah me
0: too anyone that's like okay i'm new to horror what should i watch i'm like cabin in the woods
1: cabin in the woods because
0: it's not scary either um there's no jump scares well not for me anyway but it is I, it's just I so
1: beautiful in this title card literally made me oh jump. that's
0: yeah that makes me because i'm like no. oh wasn't expecting that
1: <laughs> yeah he's like are you even listening to me bye <laughs> oh damn the best title card ever made like that was so cool and And it does throw you off yeah it's not like um like psychologically terrifying no you know it's not gonna say it's not like the conjuring where it's gonna psychologically make you or the exorcist when it had came out it's not gonna do that to you but it is going to make you think and it is going to scare you and it is going to make you laugh and it's going to make you enjoy it. And it's, it is the perfect, um, like segue going from comedy into horror. It's like this and Evil Dead 2, I think are horror comedies that are done right. You know, there are plenty of horror comedies that are like, again, Army of Darkness. I'm not a huge fan. I think it's, I, I when it comes to being a movie, I think it's a fun movie. Um, when it comes to being a Evil Dead movie, I love yeah. the fact that it's Evil <laughs> Evil Dead is not in the title of that movie. I love the yeah. fact that it's just Army of Darkness.
0: So you can give or um, take. Like, you don't have to watch it to...
1: As an Evil Dead movie. As an
0: Evil Dead... Or even as an Evil <laughs> Dead fan. Like, you don't... Yeah. It's not necessary.
1: Because There's can... no horror elements at all to Army of Darkness. No. It is a science fiction fantasy movie. Yeah, and, absolutely. Again, and I think it's the most quotable, you know, this is my boomstick. Shop Smart, Shop S-Mart, you know, like, I, I love the movie. But when yeah. it comes to being Evil Dead movie, it's my least favorite Evil yeah. Dead movie.
0: Mine it's will a, always be, be cut- Evil Dead the original, just because it's just... It really? Just, it cracks me up. And it's so funny, because when I speak to my dad, I'm like, hey, dad, what's a horror movie that really scared you? Because my dad doesn't watch a lot of horror. He likes um, military movies and historical sure. movies, and he doesn't even really watch comedy um and so when I asked him about horror movies he's like the evil dead terrified me and I was like what like that movie is insanely funny and it is another intelligent horror movie it's um it's great for me it
1: goes like from from least favorite to favorite it goes army of darkness the evil dead the evil dead remake evil dead 2 I think evil dead 2 is perfect I think it is yeah oh my god it's so amazing it's so good um
0: I find the whole series I, really
1: fun. Yeah, it is a fun series, and I think the remake is, oh, it's so, oh, so good. But Evil Dead Two, and I think the problem with the Evil Dead to me is the actors around Bruce Campbell are so bad compared
0: like, to him. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> it's funny when you go back and you rewatch the Evil Dead, like watching Bruce Campbell at the beginning, like how almost timid and he is. Watching the first hour of The Evil Dead and then watching the last episode of Ash versus yeah. The Evil Dead. <laughs> what transformation of Bruce Campbell through the years is just so... I fun.
0: love um, yeah. like how... Completely sleazy, he gets. I'm like, how did this happen? From like the Ash Williams we knew to like this creepy old dude that just thinks he's this absolute lady killer. And I was like, I love the contrast because obviously he's really bitter and jaded, and yeah. then he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. And I think that that's really cool. But it's just like, how did we get here?
1: That that really did start in Army of Darkness, though. You know, True. Like, in Army yeah. of Darkness, it was, you know. Hail to the king, baby. Give me some sugar, baby. Yeah. You know, like he totally was that <laughs> overly confident guy in Army of Darkness, and you're right, he did get real like in the one of the first episodes of Ash the Evil Dead. He's like banging some chick in a bar yeah. bathroom.
0: It's like, you know, aw. like
1: which comes back later on in the series.
0: Yeah, funnily
1: enough, but um, it's just it's funny how he did become from the quiet, timid ash williams and evil dead to <laughs> ash williams and ash versus the evil dead like the the character arc that yeah he took, so and i really awesome.
0: like that they developed so, that because um sam raimi worked on the television show didn't he i think he was yeah. one of the producers on that too and i was like thank god they kept someone who mm-hmm. can help develop that character in that story and well, I, new i
1: really the think that, that if i don't think bruce campbell would have done it if they wouldn't have you know built the character up the right way bruce campbell has a lot to say um, yeah like absolutely bruce, um was a producer on the evil dead remake and he's a huge part of the new evil dead rise that's coming yes. out
0: yeah i did read that I, yeah when
1: they wrote the script for the evil dead remake um the original script had it taking place on a boat on a cruise okay. ship
0: okay yeah i did and- read that and i was like oh i don't like that i don't like boats
1: (laughs) i think that they they were they were all about it until they were like you know what this is a reboot this is not a new part of the movie a new part of the franchise so we 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 gotta have this one take place in a cabin again as a reboot we're gonna expand after that know that an evil dead rise is taking place in a skyscraper like the the possibilities now are endless I feel like, like a, it makes me think of the Evil Dead video games for you know PlayStation Two, where it yeah. takes place inside of town. You know, I think that the possibilities now are just completely endless, and the sky's the limit now.
0: Yeah, literally. Yeah. But <laughs> like a Judge Dredd kind of vibe when I think about Evil yeah. Dead Rise, I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be like Judge Dredd, and it's just gonna be heaps messed up, and oh. uh, and it's gonna be claustrophobic, and you're gonna feel isolated, and. Like, you're not going to be able to get out of there. And I think it's going to be um, very psychological as well, not just, like, scary and, right. you know, infiltrating well, the deadites uh, and whatever.
1: Yeah, the Evil Dead remake, I, that's another thing I love about that movie. is It's so smart. It wasn't just kids going out to a cabin to party. Yeah, They were taking the girl out there to detox, you yeah. know? Like, they were trying to get her to kick heroin. And they're like, well, let's take her out to our parents' cabin where there, there's no cell service, there's no way for her to leave. Let's get her out here so she can detox and we can get her healthy. Yeah. And that's when shit goes down. You know, they, they really were intelligent about the remake. They thought it through and it's brutal. It's disgusting. It's smart. It's to me, I think it's the epitome of, you know, um, psychological mixed with that torture porn aspect of horror. Yeah, because there is a lot of gnarly scenes in this movie like her ripping her own arm off when it's under the truck Mm. you know like it's so gnarly and it's so gross but it's so amazing at the same time i'm I'm such a big fan of the evil dad i do
0: enjoy it and you know like i said to you before i do have some issues just because of the level of violence in it that I because of my own trauma that I have trouble sometimes watching something that's incredibly violent and I can respect it for what it is absolutely it's just really hard for me to digest that film only sometimes only sometimes uh depends how I'm feeling mentally at the time but yeah I do appreciate it for how yeah incredibly intelligent it is how well it was produced and directed and the acting in it is just sensational they they brought some um pretty unknown actors in to do the film who are now, you know, getting places and doing things, especially, especially the, um, the main actress. I've seen her in a lot of other things since. since I'm telling you Lou
1: Taylor Pucci is, he's my dude. The guy with the long hair. I thought when I went into this, I thought that he was going to be the Ash character because he came into that nerdy uh, teacher. And I thought that he was going to be the one that made that transformation into the badass at the end. But they went with the final girl circuit, which is always Which accepted. I loved, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's always great. But um, I love him in this movie. You know, like when he's laying there and he's sitting against the car and he's like, I'm all right with dying. I just don't want to become the devil's bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like, I, I love it. Like I, there, there's also a lot of comedy aspects. As gruesome yeah. as that movie is, There, it's still an Evil Dead movie. There's still funny yeah. moments in that film. I love
0: that. I uh, just, it's, it's honestly a series, a movie, the, the entire series is just something I could talk about forever. The universe they've created around it. I have a t-shirt that I just got in the mail last week, and it's the Necronomicon, and it says reading yeah. is fun on it. <laughs> yeah. see, like, it's it's a the coolest yeah, shirt.
1: Oh, have the fantastic. Yeah,
0: I have the score on vinyl. That's so cool. I'd love to be able like, to get yeah. stuff like that here. That's awesome. It's just shipping yeah. is so expensive. And I'm like, I want the It Follows on vinyl, the soundtrack for It Follows. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed with it at the moment. Like, I would just sit in my car driving to work listening to it, because I'm like, this is so good. Before we end this,
1: I, yes. I want to ask you, what is your favorite horror movie soundtrack? Is it It Follows?
0: Uh, instrumentally, it's It Follows. So,
1: yeah, not the score. I mean, like, the actual oh. soundtrack to a film. <laughs>
0: You're gonna laugh when I tell you this. It's uh Freddy Burst Jason.
1: <laughs> really? Fuck wow, yeah. no.
0: I, that's a that's a hardcore soundtrack. It's, so, a-
1: it's all new metal. I love it. Yeah. Mine yeah. actually it, it's fun. I love the soundtrack to Jennifer's body. Oh I think the yes, damn it! So good. Like but you know what? I've stood by this my whole life, and people will laugh at me and whatever, but the best score to any movie ever, to me, is not Halloween. It is not Jaws. It is not Star Wars. It is Casper the Ghost. Oh, really? The, the Devin Sawa one that was released in the 90s. Yeah the, no score, one, yeah. yeah, the score. If you go back, re-watch that movie and just okay. listen to the score of that film. That has the best score I've ever heard in any film. Not, you know, not just horror, sci-fi, whatever. The best score I've ever heard is the cast of go I'm gonna have to listen it's,
0: to
1: it. It's brilliant. It's, it's because, a beautiful um,
0: score. I'm a, well, I was in my teens, a classical musician. So my favorite was Lord of the Rings because we got to play oh, sure. it in music and we were all sight readers so we could literally just look at a piece of music and be able to play it all together the first go and so our teacher would be like okay we're gonna play the opening scene for Lord of the Rings today and we're just like (laughs) yes amazing like Ah. we played Harry Potter we did like Disney movies it was yeah and then obviously by like year nine we're playing Mozart and stuff I don't want to play so ah oh, so that's cabin in the woods one thing i wanted to really uh mention was that afterwards um drew goddard was at a q a and someone asked him will there be a sequel and his response was have you seen the ending to my movie
1: yeah the fucking world then. the cabin on the moon is that gonna be the sequel yeah.
0: <laughs> i was like who's the dumbass that asked that name and shame yeah. them
1: no <laughs> no Here's what I could see. I could see a prequel where it actually, they yeah. succeed. You know, like, I think that would be kind of dope, That'd be cool. but I'm also not, I, I wouldn't want it just because I'm not a horror movie prequel fan. There's very, yeah. very, very few horror movie prequels that I'm a fan of.
0: There's um, very few that I've you even know,
1: watched. Because you, you know who's going to survive. You know, who's not in any type of peril whatsoever. Yeah. Some of them, like Insidious, the last key was done so great. It was shot great. It was shot wonderfully. The story was absolutely phenomenal. Learning about Elise's childhood and seeing how her dad was a monster and seeing the girl in the bathroom, how she was alive and Elise thought she was dead. I could go on and on about that. I love the Insidious franchise as well, but I don't like prequels because I knew throughout that movie, anytime something was happening with Elise or Tucker, I knew they were going to be okay. Specs, there was no peril there. But the story was still great, but Um, yeah, once we're done, I got a question to ask you once we're off the air. Sure. All right.
0: Well, let's wrap it up because I always ask, ask my guests. Um, what's the last horror movie you watched?
1: Uh, the last new horror movie or just the last horror movie?
0: Just in general.
1: I watched Sleepaway Camp last night. I watched that five or six times a year. You know, eat shit shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill.
0: (laughs) that'd be such an insult to me i'd be like oh yeah yeah fuck i'd rather i'd rather eat shit and die i don't want to eat shit and live Live? i don't want to be alive while that's in my Uh, mouth
1: (laughs) yeah my wife and i um we do on sledgehammer horror we do my first horror movie which is my my baby essentially my wife's baby is a segment we do called didn't see that coming where Uh, we. yes um i've been
0: meaning to watch some of that yeah
1: we interview people about horror movies that had twist endings that they didn't see coming. Yeah. And the next guest we have chose Sleepaway Camp. And cool. so to brush up, you know, we always go back and we'll write scripts as we're watching the film. And so last night we touched up on Sleepaway Camp and we wrote a little script and, um, you know, we're getting well. ready for that episode. So that was the last horror movie I watched. And it might be the next horror movie I watched because I, I asked, that's another movie I absolutely <laughs> adore. I think it's a perfect slasher film. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I have to prep to record tomorrow, and I'm going to be watching Oculus, which I haven't watched Ooh. in years. I've Mike not Flanagan. it it's so long, I, and I'm so, I am a Mike Flanagan fangirl, so... That's
1: so funny, because the movie, I'm going to grab it right now, just so you can see that I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Um, <laughs> the movie that my wife and I are watching tonight is the Ouija <laughs> sequel, The Origin of Evil, the Mike Flanagan awesome. Ouija
0: yeah, I yeah. love him. So, he's so phenomenal. I was such a huge fan of um, Haunting of Hill House, um, Dr. Sleep, like, yeah. just biggest. I just, he's just such a beautiful filmmaker. He, he really is.
1: Well, have you watched The Haunting of Bly Manor
0: yet? Yes. Well, I watched three episodes and then I just couldn't maintain my focus. And so I ended up. Really? Yeah, I was See- weird about it. <laughs> I liked The Haunting
1: of Hill House more. Uh, yes. My wife is a really, I, I liked The Haunting of Bly Manor.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: my wife was a much bigger fan of it than I was, okay, but I still thought it was, you know, yeah. I think Flanagan, everything he touches turns to gold. I think that guy yeah. is amazing. He's, um, and Oculus is one that, Yeah, I didn't, the first time my wife and I went and seen Oculus in the theater and I wasn't a huge fan. Um, I think yeah. it kind of went over my head. My wife liked it the first time. My wife's a lot smarter than I am. She liked <laughs> Oculus the first time that we seen it. And, yeah. uh, I had to rewatch it, and once I rewatched it, I really appreciated it. And then, because this was really before Flanagan became Mike Flanagan and took exactly, off. yeah, but that movie is so brilliant. And the ending, I think, the ending made me so sad that I was like, uh that's stupid." But yeah, I don't want to
0: watch it because I could have ended myself. that movie.
1: anyway
0: <laughs> cool. So, um, before we ra- before we wrap up before we wrap up um where can we find you on social media what's your youtube channel uh, i'm gonna link it anyway it but
1: yeah um instagram is uh, just sledgehammer horror um twitter is sledgehammer horror h-o-r and then youtube is youtube.com slash sledgehammer horror um Great. Uh, yeah thank you so much for having uh... me i hope you guys uh check out the channel and i hope you enjoy it as well
0: yeah, I definitely will. So thank you so much for joining me this week. And please do check out um, the Sledge... Sledgehammer Horror Channels, as mentioned by Ken himself. Don't forget you can find TGIF on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod. If you love the podcast, I'd love you to subscribe, rate, give a review on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday. <laughs>